With the five years of experience you needed to qualify to take the ACE exam, it is highly likely that at one point in your career, you dealt with somebody who had insects, but you could never find anything. They were sure they were being bitten. Wait, look here. No, now they're all over the place. Oh no, now my children are being bit. Now, look, look at this bag here. Do you see that? No, they don't come out when you're here. They only come out at night. If this sounds familiar, then this chapter is going to be something that will be a refresher for you. And we'll talk a little bit more in detail. My name is Sylvia Kenmere, and this is another episode of Ace the Ace. And today we're going to talk about problems beyond the realm of the PMP, mystery bites, medical issues, and delusional infestations. Now, pest management uh, related calls can go beyond our expertise for a couple of different problems that I can think of off the top of my head. The first is something like lice. We know that when we get somebody who has lice, that is something that goes to a medical doctor for treatment. It is not something that we can do anything for that customer. It has to go to a doctor. If you know about scabies and a sarcoptic itch mite, this is another pest that gets under the skin, has to have a special treatment, and so that is something we cannot do anything about. And so these are just two examples of things that go beyond the pest management professional. The other group is these mystery bites or invisible itches, where it's not uncommon for our customers to insist that either themselves or their family members are being bitten or parasitized by something, an insect, a mite, or whatever it might be. And even though you've done the best job of inspection, you've looked everywhere, everything you say doesn't help them because they believe that they have a problem. And so these mystery bite cases can result from a few possibilities. Number one, it could be a pest problem that has been overlooked. And so we may find this with pests like rodent mite or bird mites, or sometimes even something like bed bug, you know, or bed bugs. So that's a possibility. So those, that's number one. Number two, it could be a previous pest infestation that has left the customer unable to shake the feelings that pests are still around. And this uh, term or this sort of um, problem for somebody is called phantom pests. And so there was a previous pest infestation, but they still feel like they're getting bit. And this is very common with a lot of people that have had bed bug infestations where they feel like they're still getting bit, even though there may or may not be, you know, there's probably no other bed bugs once it's been eliminated, but they still feel that way for a long time afterwards. It also could be number three, the symptoms are real, but they're being caused by something else that is being blamed on insects. And this is called an illusional infestation. And so they definitely have something going on with their skin. Maybe it's dry. Maybe they're having allergies. Uh, you know, there could be diet deficiencies that's causing these sensations. It could be environmental 
irritants. I think a fiberglass can cause these sensations. A drug and alcohol can certainly do that. Also could be side effects from some medication. It could be some kind of disease where there are some diseases out there like high blood pressure or liver disease that can cause uh, skin tingling. Or it could be, you know, something like that. And then number four, the pest problem is psychosomatic, but it's not something that's there. It's delusional infestation. So we had illusional infestation where they actually have something going on, but it's not bugs. Uh, it could be delusional infestation where there's really nothing going on there, or it could be phantom pests or a problem overlooked. So those are your four scenarios of what could be causing what we will call mystery bites. Okay. Now, we want to make sure as a pest management professional that we rule out pest possibilities, right? We want to make sure that we're not overlooking something. And so certainly the PMP uh, will look for possibilities of pests. So we're going to use monitoring, right? The brains of, of what we're doing. And so we're going to uh, put out monitors and try and see if we can find something that might be causing these problems. Now, some of the pests or clues or diagnostic techniques that you may use, uh, certainly lice and scabies should be diagnosed by a doctor. That's not the, even if they show you something, you can't diagnose that. It has to be diagnosed by a doctor. Of uh, fleas, sometimes we can catch fleas with sticky traps or visual inspection or looking at the pet, so that's one thing. Chiggers is another one, and uh, that would be something that would necessarily, you know, would leave some kind of lesion. Again, uh, the treatment for chiggers would actually be to a doctor, but sometimes um, that's something that you might be able to at least, uh, you know, look at and go, oh, you know what, you need to see a medical doctor and let them, you know, go to a medical doctor to see. Uh, bed bugs is something that might be out there, okay? And so certainly you guys have the pitfall traps that you're able to use to catch uh, bed bugs, bat bugs and bird bugs along the same lines uh, are things that we can diagnose. The cone nose bug, another one that does cause bites. Uh, mosquitoes, we talked about mosquitoes. Mosquitoes can cause bites. Thrips was another one that we talked about in the occasional invaders that can cause bites. Spiders, and then the bird and rodent mites, okay? And so um, that was a lot of our insects we covered, right, in the biting and stinging insect group. So those are things that we would look at if somebody was presenting skin irritations and they wanted to know what could possibly be causing that. So those are the, uh, you know, the usual suspects that we would go to uh, if they were causing, a, you know, looking for that. But if we can't find any of that, then one of the more difficult situations you're going to face is somebody who possibly suffers from delusional infestations or delusionary parasitosis, or it even has a syndrome called Ekbom syndrome, okay? So those are all the same things. And people who suffer from delusional infestations believe that their skin and bodies are being infested by something. They uh, also are seem, you know, they don't seem to have 
uh, often uh, intel, you know, they might not be, uh, it has nothing to do with their intelligence uh, or their education level. It really can affect anybody. Okay. It doesn't, uh, it isn't just people that are um, low income. It can be people of high income. It can be people that are extremely intelligent. All right. And this happens to them. So there's no amount of reasoning or assurance that can, uh, you know, persuade these people that it's all in their head. That, that is something that you will probably never win. Okay. And so some of those symptoms, when somebody is, you know, possibly suffering from delusional infestations include um, quite a few lists, okay, of things that could happen. The sensations that they feel like something is crawling on or under their skin or tickling or stinging or sharp bites. They have a high level of certainty that they know what is going on. They know. They Look, I've already been on the internet. I know what's going on. Um, they have a high, sometimes unreasonable level of anxiety about the problem. They are, you can tell that they are extremely tense. They have a logical and systematic approach to solving the mystery that is consistent with the conviction about the infestation. Nope, I know exactly where they are. When they come in, this is where they go. This is what they do. This is what, it's only at night that they do this, but they're very, very specific about what they're doing. They provide numerous samples from flooring, bedding, skin. They can provide vacuum cleaner bags, hair. They provide you all kinds of stuff that have the samples of whatever they think might be uh, bothering them. They describe the pest or its activities in great detail, sometimes including daily habits, the life cycle. This is how they reproduce. This is how they spread. They go from here to there. They know everything about this. However, the descriptions usually make no biological sense and do not describe any real arthropod. Usually they have lots of legs and lots of antennae and they use these terms, right? They're inconsistent consistent descriptions. Okay. So for example, they will tell you it is too small to see with the naked eye. However, they can describe exactly what it looks like. They're red. They have 20 legs. They have antennae. You know, they'll describe it, but you can't see it. So it doesn't make any sense. They have spent a significant amount of money devoted to solving the problem. They can throw out all furniture, clothing, vehicles. They've moved several times. They've burned their belongings and they follow them everywhere. They've repeated off-label and risky applications of not only medication, but insecticides on their bodies to stop the infestation or even times treating their homes themselves. An actual pest infestation from the past that has triggered these delusions. And so if they in fact, had a really bad bed bug problem, and it has led to this. That's a possibility. And the ability to persuade others into sharing the delusions. Um, I had one of these maybe 20 years ago where the mother came in and she's like, hey, I came to live with my daughter to help her with this. Now they're infesting me. I mean, it's just overwhelming that, you know, the other people in their family have believed that they have the same problem. And so, you know, often, you know, it gets worse by the constant scratching because they're constantly scratching their skins, they're irritating their skins, they're causing wounds, 
um, you know, this can be a really big deal. So if an inspection reveals no actual pests, but the customer insists on pesticide application, it is best for us not to comply. Instead, we have to explain that insecticides are not going to have you know, help in this problem and that they actually can make things worse. And that's a really tough call for us because, you know, I know that it's difficult and you guys are going already above and beyond on your job, but really we should not spray when we don't have a target pest. And really we need these people to be advised to go visit a doctor or a dermatologist or an allergist or somebody to be able to help them with this. Now, one of the things that I, you know, you don't find a lot of information on this and I don't know that any of your second sources will have anything in great detail. Maybe, maybe Malice does. I haven't had a chance to really look because what I usually use typically when I deal with this and, and it has phenomenal information is Mike Potter uh, with the University of Kentucky has written a brief uh, that is called Mystery Bites, Insect and Non-Insect Causes. And it is brief number 649. If you just uh, go in your search engine and put in Mystery Bites, Mike Potter, uh, it will come up. It is written for you to be able to give to a consumer or customer, and it will run through all of the possibilities of things that it could be, and it talks about this. And, you know, I think that as an industry, we have to try and help these people. Um, it can be a huge time um, where you are using a lot of your time, your valuable time uh, with these customers. Uh, but, you know, they genuinely have a problem. And, and, you know, for somebody who is taking a certification above and beyond uh, what a normal PMP would do, right, on regular license, um, we, we probably have to go that extra mile. And so um, it is important. And so um, there's a few things that you can do uh, that you want to make sure that you protect yourself, okay, and do. And so the first thing you want to do when you're dealing with um, something like this is you want to avoid referring to skin irritations as bites, okay, unless they've been confirmed by a medical doctor. And that's always tough. Um, instead, you can say, I see that you're feeling sensations, uh, you, you, when you see the lesions, call them wounds or sores or skin lesions. Don't call them bites. You can try and see if this is something going on that's been overlooked. So you certainly want to use your sticky cards and place them around the homes and, and do some monitoring. That's going to help. And then you know, if you have something like possibly bed bugs, use the climb ups. That's what they're there for. Uh, but, you know, you may catch something on a glue board to be able to confirm what's going on. You can look for some of the pests that have some of these uh, pests that are difficult to see. So that would be something like rodents or bird infestations, right? They have mites and sometimes those are really hard to see. And so by looking for those pests or even checking the history, hey, you had a rat problem that was solved or you had possums and, the, and you've uh, you know, moved you know, uh, underneath the house and now they're not there anymore. And so those are things that can cause a problem. Keep an open mind. 
And you have to take these complaints seriously, okay? You don't want to be pushed into applying a pesticide, but you generally are trying to help this person explain that skin irritations are sometimes caused by other things. This would be a fabulous time to give them the Mike Potter paperwork. And do not imply that they're um, delusional. You, you can't use that term with them, okay? Understand that mystery bites can be very complex. There may be some mental health issues there. And so that's better left to a professional, not us. That's not our realm of professionalism. You know, that's a medical doctor. So remember, even if they are, um, you know, that's really not something that you can help them with. And if no arthropod specimens can be found and you've done all of that, you know, recommend that they see a physician or a dermatologist. Um, let them know that, hey, if you, you, know, you, you want your doctor to give me a call, I'd be happy to tell them. And, you know, you would just tell the doctor, we've done a thorough inspection and monitoring and we don't find anything. There isn't anything that is in that house that we can determine is causing whatever is happening with that person. And then, you know, keep in mind, not all doctors know about this. They may tell them, oh, go to another exterminator or whatever they're going to call us. And so um, that's a possibility. But unfortunately, you know, that's not going to be um, always the case. Uh, sometimes people, you know, won't go to the doctor. And so it's really what we can do. Um, the last thing we'll talk about is delusional infestations are not to be confused with entomophobia. These people are not, uh, don't have an irrational fear of insects, mites, spiders, or other arthropods. Um, this would be somebody who gets crazy because they see a spider and they go nuts, or they got a cockroach and they go nuts. Um, that's somebody who has an irrational fear of, of insects called, um, they're either called entomophobic or they suffer from entomophobia. These are people that have something else completely going on. And so they have delusionary parasitosis and they just believe that their body is actually infested. That's what they believe. Okay. And so there is a difference between that. So they're not entomophobic. They're actually um, got something else going on. And so, you know, successful treatments for delusionary parasitosis does exist. Um, you know, they can be prescribed medication, they need help. And so um, that's something that can help. And, you know, if you have a local doctor that is willing to listen, and it's something that you can refer them to, but that again, is still going way above and beyond. And with that, uh, we're, we're done with this section. I would say this is probably a very valuable chapter because it's certainly something if you haven't faced it in the first five years, you're probably going to. And, and they can be um, they can be hard. A lot of times there's kids involved. And so this is really, um, really tough for us. Uh, but we want to make sure we handle it professional. So a lot of the questions you may have are going to be on how you handle these and what's the right thing to do, what's what you know, certainly what we want our industry uh, to do in these cases. And with that, we're done with the uh, realms uh, beyond the PMP.